Welcome to the Pretty Powerful Podcast, where powerful women are interviewed every week to share real inspiring stories and incredible insight to help women or anyone break the barriers, be a part of innovation, shatter the glass ceiling, and dominate to the top of their sport, industry, or life's mission. Join us as we celebrate exceptional women and step into our power. And now, here's your host, Angela Gennari. Hello, and welcome to the Pretty Powerful Podcast. My name is Angela Gennari, and I am here with Lean Kawas today. Thank you for joining us, Lean. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to talk to you because you have a super impressive bio and I was actually just having a conversation with someone last night actually about how there's just not enough women out there as inventors and who are doing really cool stuff like this so I'm excited to share with you with our audience your bio so I'm going to introduce Lean. Lean is a human mother, wife to a wonderful husband, entrepreneur, inventor, visionary and most recently an inventor. She is the founder and executive managing general partner of Propel Biopartners. Lena is the co-founder of Athera, served as its CEO from 2014 through 2021, and a co-inventor of its lead drug candidate and several of the innovative drug candidates in Athera's pipeline. She started Athera with one person and within six years raised $400 million, taking the company the company through its public offering. According to Business Insider and Greek Wire, Lean was one of only 22 female founders and CEOs to lead their company to an IPO. As of February 2021, and it's and the first woman to, uh, she is the first woman to get a company through an IPO in Washington state in over 20 years. And at the time of Athera's IPO in September of 2020. So, wow, how impressive is that? I'm so excited to talk to you. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. So let's get started with what led you down the path of biosciences? Uh, You know, multiple things. Mm -hmm. Uh, And one of the key things that helps me... uh, work in an area that I'm passionate about are two things, my mother yes. and uh, the U.S. of A. Yay! Uh, <laughs> Good. Uh, so the, the one thing is, uh, I remember when I was seven, uh, my grandmother passed away uh, from cancer. Oh, I'm so and, sorry. Yeah, thank you. And I was writing the like my dad was dropping off us to school, and I this is the first experience of death that I you know I was uh, aware of, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Why did she die? And he's like, well, she had cancer, and you know it's a tough indication. I was like, why didn't the doctor fix her? And he's like, there's no treatments for cancer. (laughs) There's no cures, and. That was in 1993 Mm. and I was like, or 1992. And I was like, I'm going to grow up and invent a drug for cancer. I didn't know what cancer was, you know? Yeah. 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 Uh, And uh, he was like, yeah, go for it. Uh, You can do it. Mm -hmm. And uh, the other side of it, also my mom passed away at a very young age, also from a medical condition, CNS, neurodegenerative indication, and uh, I like two things. I like numbers, finance, mm-hmm. and accounting, and I liked chemistry. 
And she's wow. like, you should go to pharmacy. She helped yeah. me. She brought a lot of people to talk to, you know, at a young age that are in the chemistry and in the finance and in pharmacy. Like I remember bringing people over to our house and, you know, I, it stuck in my mind that I wanted to, to go into the pharmaceutical industry. Um, and I got my pharmacy degree. Mm-hmm. And then being a pharmacist was not, you know, exactly it, if that makes sense, Angela. Yes. And I decided to come to the U.S., finish my, you know, I'm not finished, continue my education, get a Ph.D. I thought, I thought academia was the thing that I could have a big impact. Um, but then I got exposed to entrepreneurship, which is a very unique culture. Like, I think that's why the U.S. is special, because we promote innovation. We promote talent. Um, There's a lot of work that needs to be done, especially Mm -hmm. around equity and diversity. Um, But, you know, I was exposed to this. I did not know what entrepreneurship is. Yeah. And it was the best decision I made when I was sitting in my PhD advisor's office when he said, do you want to co-found a theater with me and like stay? I had a job lined up, you know, this, the secure job, the Excel sheet yeah. job. <laughs> right. Uh, I said, you know what? Yeah, I guess I'll try it. And um, that was, I thought I was going to take a break, you know, gap uh, mm-hmm. year because I've been working since I was 16. I didn't take any credit breaks I didn't understand what starting a company and that year I worked so hard I've never worked like you know entrepreneurs there's a passion there's a Mm -hmm. vision and I was a single person yeah I remember the first time I read a legal document it took me five hours Um, (laughs) and now it's like you know how it goes Uh, so it's uh I love that I had the opportunity to move here Mm -hmm. to the U.S. And be in a position that I have, I, that I could have an impact Absolutely. on human health, on, you know, in my new position in Propel Biopartners, also so diversity in management, diversity in innovation. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm lucky uh, you, to have yeah. this. Yeah, well, we're lucky to have hard. you. <laughs> it's not only luck, it's also working hard. If that makes yeah. Sense. yeah, yeah. And where did you move from? Where I are you from? Amman, Jordan. Okay, uh, very nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for for all the contributions that you're making. I'm sure your mother and your grandpa grandmother would be so proud of you for for what you're accomplishing on behalf of women, especially. So, you know, we were just talking about this right before the show, and you said you have a daughter, and you're passionate about you know promoting women in entrepreneurship, in leadership, in biosciences, and you know we were talking about how. My mother, you know, I watched her get passed up for promotion after promotion after promotion in the corporate world, and she'd have to train the male, you know, superior that was promoted ahead of her in the job that she was, you know, more qualified than they were to do. And so for you to take this on and and to be an inventor and to be in biosciences, I think is is just setting the right tone for women and and your daughter, especially. So I'm Thank sure they'd you. be so proud of you. <laughs> Thank you. So I- go ahead, please. No, and to your point, I was interviewed for a, a Forbes article. One of the contributors um, asked about this specific point about life sciences. Like, why don't we have, we have a lot of women in life sciences, but very few women are in 
executive and management positions. Oh, gosh, yes. Mm -hmm. Although there's a lot of research showing when you have women on the helm or part of the executive team, returns are higher, uh, cultures are more inclusive, and innovation has a different, unique uh, flavor, if that makes sense. Oh, my gosh, yes. One of the things is this, what you exactly said, is women don't get promoted as much right uh, and uh it's easier right because if it's if, if it's a man that's promoting another person they relate they relate with the experience of the male right not the right. woman so it's mm-hmm. easier for them to make that promotion and what i you know one of the main things that i highlight to any young woman who is starting her career find mentors but most importantly find advocates yes advocate for you to grow professionally and personally mm-hmm. whether and it doesn't have you know we don't we don't have as many women in leadership positions but find someone that will advocate for you and will say you know Christine Angela Lean is going to be the value the most valuable person that we have to put in this leadership position because of these aspects and own it promote yourself talk about other thing that women don't do about very well which I love what you're doing Angela because you're promoting that is talk about yourself yeah own it you know Mm -hmm. you're doing something we don't always have say to say oh it's 200 other people that participated in the work it's typically a lot of the time there's one person that is driving it right so I I really appreciate what you are doing and one of the things that resonated with me is from some of the work that you're doing is clearly telling other women to own it own your power yes well because what I have found is and, and I actually had this conversation, like I was saying last night, I was talking to somebody who was very successful in his career, works for a great company, been there a long time. And the question, you know, when he's talking about growth and, you know, expansion and all of these things. And I said, so let me ask you a question. I said, this huge company that you work for, a multinational company, how many women are in the executive team? He's like, well, uh, well, none on the C level and none on the VP level, but we have directors. And I'm like, so middle management, basically. So why? And then none on the board of directors. And, and it's so sad to me that the ceiling for women is middle management. It should not be that way. A company who really understands what growth, diversity, and inclusion means to their business and and how it can really push that business forward and the impact that it has for, on the culture and the impact that it has on for shareholders because women drive revenue. We all know that. Why are we stopping at middle management? You know, why are we okay with it? And and I think a lot of it is that we give our power away. We don't sell ourselves into those roles. We, you know, we allow people to tell us where we belong and that's not okay. That's what we have to stop. So I'm, you know, just in love with this, 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 you know, feat that you accomplished of taking a company and raising $400 million and going into an IPO because less than 2.7 or I think it's 2.7% is the highest it's ever been. Women run companies get venture capital, which is crazy. So let's talk about that. Like, let's talk about how you raised that money, what that meant and how you went about it. And then how investors can make a bigger impact in, in investing in women owned companies. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, in 2014, it was one person, Angela, it was me. Mm -hmm. Uh, I took a technology from Joe Harding's lab. Uh, He was my PhD advisor. uh, And I didn't understand what entrepreneurship is fully to the full. Now I love it. Now I Mm -hmm. breathe it. It's it's my, it's in my DNA, but I didn't know. Uh, basically it's not easy I remember Mm -hmm. the first time uh and this came from another woman uh when I you know launched the company in Seattle um a few people said you know Seattle is a city that does not invest in women oh wow I'm like what no way (laughs) I'm like I I didn't even register it like I was like yeah yeah. No, like I, I don't believe this. Like mm. people invest in talent, people invest in innovation. Right. And then um I was, you know, so one I remember this meeting also. Uh there was two three investors. Okay. okay. One of them uh after like I think I did an impressive presentation, you know. Sure. And then towards the end, um uh, one of the three investors uh, started bragging about another company he invested in. And I know that company and the CEO is similar age. Everything is very similar background, everything, mm. except he was a man. Okay. Uh-huh. Yes. And then, and then he kept bragging, bragging about the company. And he said, you know, the only concern about Athira is her openly. <laughs> And I was like, like, I would love more feedback. Explain to me. He's like, you have, you're young and you don't have experience. Oh my goodness. In my head, I was like, you just finished, you just finished bragging about a person that is exactly me, but has the Y chromosome. Right. Uh, And I was like, okay, that sounds, I cannot change that. Um, but what happened is I had two advocates with me in the meeting. That's what I'm saying. And they were people who he could relate to. Uh-huh. And what he and they said, you know, one of them was a serial executive CEO. He's like, you know, she is a better CEO than me. And I have over 20 years experience of being a CEO. Now, he didn't end up investing, but that's his I, yeah. I never took it personally. That's the other thing. It's his own bias. It's not me. But the other two, you know, wrote uh, my first million. Wow. First million. I had other investors come in earlier. And I remember, like, taking that check and going, like, taking it. It's, just, it's, it's insane. <laughs> right? It's awesome. Yes. Um, but I experienced that throughout. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, I was like, well, it's sometimes I am able to change it. You know, sometimes yes. I I remember one of my dear friends right now who told me, you know, you're the first woman I invested in. And because of you, now I have a number of women-led companies. If I yeah. took personal, if I took some of the things he said at the beginning personally, mm-hmm. I would have never been successful. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he and I gave opportunities for other women that he invested. And he said, you know, they are the companies that are doing very well in my portfolio. Yeah, are the women led are the women led companies, uh, but also like from the other the other side of things is, I think it's also partially my background, my you know mindset, the way that I grew up, 
we did things differently at Ethereum. Yeah. You know, I, I built a very innovative team, the core team. I'm so proud of that team and what we were able to achieve together to do things differently around drug development, patient centricity, which is yes. something I would love to talk about, like yeah, for clinical sure. trial recruitment, also representation of clinical trials. We, we've built a team that had, did not think about barriers. We've only thought about solutions and how can we do things better, different, with a mindset that we are serving the key stakeholders, which are the patients. Well, and thank you for we, saying the key stakeholder is the patient and not the shareholder. Thank you for that. Because I think <laughs> that is part of what makes women in business better. <laughs> and that. you know why? Because I always explain, don't don't track the stock price. Yes. Track the success and satisfaction of your customers. And in life science, it's patients. Yes. It's the better because foundation. Because it's going to drive value long term. Don't have the short-sightedness of like, oh my God, the price today is up 5% down the hook. Yes. You are building therapies. You are changing people's lives. And yes. once you achieve that, the financial value is going to follow. Oh when you're gosh. so short-sighted, when you have the short-sightedness of like, mm-hmm. I need to create an inflection point or that is like, no, do the right decision for the product, for the patients, for the caregivers, for people, financial gain will follow. That's uh, exactly right. When you're following your passion and you're doing good in the world, it will come. If you're focused on the share price, you're not building a foundation. You're building a temporary success that's going to fall apart. It's going to fall apart. And so, you know, and I think this is why, you know, as a woman-led company, you were able to raise 400 million and take it to an IPO. But, you know, with, with this idea, you are one person raising money. That's incredible, incredible. And so- One person, and sometimes I had the, like, I I love the, you moved to Seattle and, you know, yeah, I rented an apartment and rented a cubicle. And then someday, like some months, I'm like, oh, my God, do I pay for the cubicle or pay for the apartment? Like, I, I, yeah. I have nothing. Okay? Yeah, I know. Um, oh. and, but it's it's amazing. Right. Oh. Resourcefulness, resilience. Um, I remember when GeekWire sent me a note right before going public is like, uh, Lean, you're the first woman to take a company public in 20 years. Wow. A lot of people sent me congratulations. I cried. Yeah. I cried because it was crazy for me that at this day and age, this is the reality that we're living in, especially that I have a daughter. Yes. Uh, Oh my gosh. Well, and so I, I feel the same way. Like I know I heard something about, you know, X amount of companies now have a woman on the board of directors. Isn't that amazing? Of all the Fortune 500 companies, we're now up to like 20 of them or something ridiculous. And I'm like, is that a win? Is that really a win? Why isn't it 500 out of 500? Why isn't, I mean, why why are we considering these little inter- incremental gains a win? But you're right. I mean, I mean, I I am so with you on that, you know, crying because you're you're like, but why is that so? And while it's bittersweet, you're celebrating at the same time, you're sad for the other women who, you know, come on, let's let's get out here and do this. Yeah, and it's not easy. I don't want to like trigger no. it. It's so so hard, and yes. it's still it's still harder. But I I feel much more confident with everything that I went through, the good, the bad, and the ugly. It's yes. like it's it's all like for me that the mindset that I think women should 
have, if if this is what they want to pursue, it's most of the time not your baggage, not about you, know what you want to do and go do it. Yeah, yeah. And it doesn't have to be entrepreneurship. It doesn't have to be executive. It doesn't, but on what you want to do because everything we do, you know, one of the really important aspects of what we do is we build societies, right? Uh, and I want women, I want my daughter to be comfortable, confident in her choices and yes. do it. Uh, and and most of the time, it's not your baggage. If someone has bias against women, yeah. try to help them to get rid of the back. Have an open mind. It's not mm-hmm. about you. It's the baggage and the bias that they come with. Right. And if you're able to help people to get rid of some of the, it's a, it's, it's a win. Mm-hmm. Like Jack, my friend, like for him to tell me, you're the first woman I invest. That was like, I, this was not a sad moment for me because I enabled a change in a manner. Yes. counted the other companies. So try to be part of the change. It's hard, but it's not impossible and find the right people around you. You're not going to be always successful in finding the right people around you, yeah. but it, it, surround yourself with the right people and pro- propel yourself forward and others with you. I love it. Gosh, that's so, so great. So, you know, you were talking about, um, you know, being a mother and, and, you know, kind of what that means in terms of like your daughter and, and sh- exhibiting the right things for her. So how has being a mother changed you as a CEO, as an entrepreneur, as a leader? That was one of the, uh, being a mother was one of the most critical transformations really? that I had as a leader. Wow. Absolutely. Uh, I had two children and in the both pregnancies I had tough periods uh-huh. <laughs> because like there's the pregnant woman lens if that yep. makes sense <laughs> <laughs> yep uh, I had someone in one of the board meetings which I was like two weeks away from having a child is like what, what? If you die? what if you die do we have a transition plan I'm like are oh you my gosh me? <laughs> <laughs> a scientist in me is like went and did research and is like do you know that there's high prob- higher probability that you will die driving your car than me dying having a baby? Thank you. So yes. Should you stop driving a car? Like just right. help. <laughs> uh, but that's that was me. Like when I was like getting worked out a lot, and now I don't like. Yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, I might yeah. die, but it's all good. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Well, uh, <laughs> but that, that's that, fascinating. I, but that just to tell you about my, my husband. Okay? Uh-huh. He's the person that I love the most. Uh-huh. But I also the one who annoys me the most because he has his like, <laughs> uh, has these like moments when he say, says super wise things that's uh-huh. like, okay, that's great, but you're annoying. Uh, <laughs> I remember when I was pregnant with Noor, my first child, who um, was one of the biggest inspiration for me. Uh, he said, why are you nervous that you're pregnant? I'm like, well, there's expectation. People think that I'm going to lose my focus. And he's like, what are you talking about? We're only different because you're carrying the baby right now. But once you have the baby, we are equal. We are both parents. Mm -hmm. That's true. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I was like, I was like, oh my God, like this guy's, how did I, he's the best decision in my life that I decided Mm -hmm. to marry him. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, as soon as I had my first child, there's something that changed in me. 
Mm-hmm. That that was the impact on me, if that right. makes sense. Other women might not experience the same thing. And if they don't want to be mothers, that is absolutely right. Because we experience different pressures from the right. society versus professional. Men is like, it's the same type of expectation. Oh, Carry yeah. It. Doesn't really change. Our yeah. society, we need to be mothers. We need to be the perfect mothers. We mm-hmm. need to and then career, you need to be like career. It's not mm-hmm. the same. Uh, but it's the same. When, you, when, when What happened to me is I had this, I became a better leader, mm-hmm. more empathetic. I yeah. learned at that before having a baby, you know, you're so flexible. You can, I learned how to manage time better, how to prioritize goals. Mm-hmm. how to become more effective and efficient mm-hmm. and and I also get you know when when you have a baby there is like you're creating life there's a moment oh my god like this is crazy like right <laughs> being a woman is a strength because you have this like you go through this experience that is like nothing okay that you've experienced like that gives you for me it gave me a lot of strength Okay, yes. I don't want to say everyone should have strength because every experience is unique. It gave me this strength. I was like, if I can create life, I can do anything. Right. Yeah. It's true. Sometimes I would look at my baby and I would say, I made that. How did that happen? <laughs> and, and like the pain that we go through and the resilience, right? Yes. Yes. My, like my first baby, I had like my labor was 30, over 36 hours. Wow. My husband was sleeping on the couch and I was like, <laughs> When I look back, you know, and when I had my baby, I'm like, my ha- my mom had four children with no epidurals. Oh. That's another thing is like, there's an appreciation is like, oh my God, she's a superhero. Yeah. Right? <laughs> no. uh, you're a superhero. We're, we're superheroes, right? We are know? superheroes. I agree. And then, uh, then try negotiating with a four-year-old. Yeah. <laughs> Negotiation skills, communication skills mm. improve. Because mm-hmm. you need to, when you're working with your children, you're, you need to change your level, right? Whether it's sometimes they beat you, sometimes you're, so you mm-hmm. need to have the ability to go to a certain level down or up, which is the same thing in any organization as a leader. Absolutely. You need to understand the details. You need to appreciate every person in your, the function of every person in your organization and understand it at different levels. So for me, my children helped me grow as a leader. It was one of the most transformational, become a more empathetic, better communicator. Uh, For for me, I wanna highlight it's only me, other women are different, other people Mm -hmm. are different. I felt I became a more complete person. Yes, I would agree with that wholeheartedly. But again, it's for me. Other women might not, mm-hmm. it might be the most foreign thing for them and they yeah. find their passion in different ways. And 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 that's also another success, amazing model, if that makes sense. So uh, people freak out about being women. I remember one, it's a sad thing, another, like a colleague that we were in the airport. He is, in, you know, much older and we were in the in the process of hiring someone. One of our employees was pregnant. 
and she went out only for one month okay like one month yeah. like I freaked out when I saw her I was like sure. are you freaking crazy like don't do what I do like I, there's right. no expectation she's like no no I, I I'm ready mm-hmm. so had no impact and then the comment that he made that he said like basically let's make sure that we hire if we're gonna hire a woman that she is not in the birth like oh my age. gosh yeah. and I was like that's oh. not okay that is not okay at all for right. you to even think about it okay mm-hmm. I was like his boss so I could like say that we didn't have like f- thankfully no HR was around but I was like you cannot say that I should have no. fired him on the spot but you know you learn and grow yeah uh, but uh, having children can be empowering for some people. For me, it was super empowering. And I love it. Yeah. It's the best thing. Yeah, me. it really is. Well, and it, it, it forces balance, right? So it does. It forces balance on you. And you start to prioritize differently. Time management is different. Everything is different. But I agree with you. Um, you know, it's it changed me for the better. And and I've had multiple, you know, interactions with with male colleagues who who say they don't hire women who are in the childbearing age because, you know, or they the expectation when I say, you know, how come there's no women on the executive level, on the board level? Well, you know, women usually stop, you know, they usually reach middle management because, you know, because of children. And I'm like, what about children? What about motherhood? Like what, tell me where we have to stop progressing in our career because we've decided to have children. Like I, I'm not seeing the correlation at all. And so, you know, I am a mother, I can speak to that. And yes, I know every mother is different, just like you had mentioned. And, and so I, I understand that part of it, but it doesn't make you less of a capable human. (laughs) It makes you more capable. On the other extreme, my colleague, Jim Harding, he uh, he's a father, amazing father, mm-hmm. amazing colleague. And he, I wrote a, a blog about working mother and he's like, you know, the last part also applies for men. I was like, can you explain to me more? He's like, when we had our first child, mm-hmm. I wanted to be a full-time parent. Yeah. But it was an issue for everyone, but mm-hmm. it, was, it was what I wanted, but I couldn't. Yeah. So I'm like, now I'm passionate about if if you're a human being and mm-hmm. you decide you want to be a parent. Uh, of course, I'm more passionate because I'm a mother. Like I, I can. Yeah. And if you want to uh, go outside of the societal norms, it's a whole new world. There's technology yes. that is helping us in so many. Yes, it may be like a thousand years ago there they needed to split functions based on but now we have technology we have everything there's these societal high, like ancient norms does not mm-hmm. apply anymore uh, no no mm-hmm. and we're not having to you know stick around our children to save them from wild animals while the men are out hunting and well, gathering like this is this is 2022 can we please move on <laughs> from yeah. these ridiculous <laughs> you know, standards. <laughs> so, but yes, uh, I agree. Um, so tell me a little bit more about, you know, when you start going into biosciences and you are, tell me about um, the page, patient-centric uh, methodology that you're using and what, and what you're doing. Yeah. So uh, another thing, when I was working in Ethera, uh, we're tra- we were we the company now and was is working on Alzheimer's and Parkinson's. Oh. I, I really have a big passion for neurodegenerative yes. indications, and I noticed that there's a lot of 
industry standards. Sometimes they're good, but a lot of the times they're, again, ancient, okay. right? And a lot of the, have you thought about the, even from the discovery stages, like, oh, we're so far away from patients. Like, no, you have to think about the patients very yeah. early on and ask them about, yeah. like, what is really important for you? Because if you're developing a drug for a symptom or a issue that is part of the disease but doesn't bother the patients or the not the most or the biggest need, it's not as impactful, if mm. that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So um, I went and I like interactions with the FDA, interactions with the clinical sites. Inter- like we had, we've done something very different my partner actually at Propel by partner Shwehua, we worked together for six over six years. And me and her, we never agree on anything, which brings, uh-huh. you know, unique type of innovation. It's the mutual respect is very important. And what we've done differently is we actually went to sites. We asked sites, can you bring patients in? Because we want to ask them about the clinical trial experience. This is never like they were like, oh, yeah. that's never heard a drug developer that cares about clinical trials experience about patients. Yeah. And really, we asked them about how is your typical experience? What are the things that really create anxiety? What are the things that you enjoy in clinical trials? Um, what makes you want to be part of clinical development? Because without patients, you cannot develop drugs. Yeah. Right. And, without, you know, like we need their input. And um, because once and also if you design clinical trials that has the patient's voice in them, mm. then patient's retention, which means for patients to continue the whole trial will increase, which is a problem in our industry. Is it? Okay. Uh, yeah, it is like because it's you go into these clinical trials that are highly scientific, like there's no... Uh, practical aspect of it right. uh, one thing that I still remember caregiver a wife of a, a patient that had Alzheimer's she said something very simple she said I come to a clinical trials we're stuck for eight to 12 hours in the clinical sites and I don't know what we're going to be doing throughout the day like I wow. don't know when are we going to have lunch where when I'm going to have snack uh you know if he gets hungry and I can't leave him, it creates anxiety, right? Yeah, yeah, Simple for sure. thing. And then mm-hmm. we added, we added meals in our uh, like part of our clinical protocol is our meals. Simple, like just wow. listen to them, yeah. right? And then the other thing is one patient, which was she was amazing. He's like, it was a, it's a subcute, it's an injectable. Like I don't know if you're familiar with insulin. It's they take it mm-hmm. home and they inject it. Uh, one patient, which I was super impressed, is like, well, I worry that if it's an injectable that pa- other patients are not going to be able to administer it well. So what are you guys going to do to make sure that we created videos, we created brochures, we had calling, you know, nurses that would call to support them. We wow. did training. You know, this is feedback from patients, not from <sighs> the physicians, not from our team. It's very important. And the third part, which is hits into what we're talking about, Angela. Uh, I was in a conference two weeks ago, focused on clinical trial summits, talking about clinical trial design. One of the topics that was raised is diversity in our clinical trials. 
Yes. It, again, it's funny. Like, it's again, mm -hmm. most of the study participants are typically men and mostly white men. Really? Okay. So it's very interesting, right? Yeah. So I was talking, and that like epiphany came while it's, it's a, it's, it was a table. A lot of the middle management were women, but a lot of the executives were white, white men. men. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I said, you know why we don't have as much diversity as we want in our clinical trials? Because the patients, they don't see themselves in the executives. <sighs> wow. Right? Yeah. If there's more women. It's not just the people that are in. It's executive. When they go search the company, who's on the website? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 100% of the time. I know. Well, so, and it's it's sad, right? Like, we need to do better with that. Yeah. So having more female executives, having more diversity in your clinical trials. Mm -hmm. If people go and look up a, a company and it's a, it's a diversified management team, I bet you that you will have higher diversity in your clinical trials. Yeah, absolutely. If you have the patients in mind, the whole corporate structure, the whole corporate goal, the whole shareholder value will be achieved because of these organic aspects that will happen if we have diversity in the management team. And that's what we're doing on Propel, by the way. We are part of yeah. the chain. Now I'm an investor, as you mentioned earlier. So I'm investing with do you hear the sound, the background? Angela? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, this is normal that's, that's life. Part of that's what makes us human. good. <laughs> yeah, uh, but but that's it. Like, in, you know, I am. I want to invest in diversified management that yes. includes <clears throat> white men, women, different background, different experiences. Because once you have that mix, yeah. you will have innovation in a very different flavor and inclusive yes. flavor. Well, and, and I can tell you from experience that, you know, it's innate in us that we have different values and qualities. It's not always taught, you know, and, and you know, I've spoken about this before, but I did a volunteer um, panel. Sorry, I just hit the microphone. Um, I did a volunteer panel a while ago where um, I was serving on as a judge for high schoolers who were doing a comp competition, entrepreneur competition. And it's funny because I actually just did a second one recently. And what I found was when you have everybody looked the same on the team, whether it's all white men, you know, all women, you know, the same race, the same background, the, the answers were very standard. Um, like, you know, the, the young men who were on the panel, they would always focus on, you know, their solutions were operations, logistics, safety oriented for women. It was branding, um, you know, engagement, uh, employee satisfaction that was their focus for uh different minority races it was more community community involvement mentoring so they all had different values that they brought to the table all of these were really really good well thought out extremely thoughtful answers however the best teams the winning teams had diverse diversity within their team because it allowed them to have those different perspectives in one solution. So now you have, you know, community involvement and mentorship and logistics and operations and branding and engagement. All of that together is what makes a winning team. Not, you know, all of those are, are great segments, but they're not 
they're not all encompassing. They're not holistic. They don't, they don't answer a solution fully or they don't have a solution fully. Whereas the diversity that you bring in, the inclusion and the diversity, that's where you get those, those really well thought out, great plans for action. Completely agree. Yeah, completely yeah. agree. And that's like um, an, an, another study. We're now in the process of applying to schools for our daughter. Uh, mm-hmm. we, we, we recently moved to LA, so that's a very different experience applying to school. And right. one of the schools that we were talking to, this is like what you said exa- is what resonated with me, is that they are intentional in creating projects with diversified teams. Yes. Because the solutions and the outcome of the project is inclusive, more like they use more shout out for Mike. I'm not going to say the name of the school. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but Mike, he said uh, it's, it creates more palatable uh, solution and message to a, a broader audience. Yes. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, exactly what you said. And I, I, I love it that now there are schools who are aware and intentional because it starts mm-hmm. from there. It really does. Yeah. Well, and it starts with people like you who are out there leading the way in biosciences where there's not very many women and and getting to that executive level and being, you know, the first, you know, hopefully of many who have taken their company to an IPO. Like that's, it's extraordinary, but it takes women like you who are out there doing it and fighting those battles because the battles become easier once you've set the standard. Once you've said, look, this works, here's why it works. And you've shown that it works, then like you were saying, you were part of the change with, you know, the the gentleman who invested in you and now he's investing in other women. Like it takes trailblazers. It takes women like you who are who are willing to fight the battle and then go out there and show the the results of what you're doing. Yeah, so. exactly. And uh another point now, you know, I also co-founded a venture firm, which there are very, very few women who yes. start business uh, investment firms. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's even like fewer numbers than companies, which is really, you know, interesting. And in the life science industry, it's even less. Yes. It's, uh, it's, it's very. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Good for you. Yeah. The basically it's, it's starting an investment firm in life sciences. There are very few women who have, uh, been in my position right again I have Richard Kane who invested in my previous company Athera and immediately as I became available he called me up within 30 minutes he's like I want to start a fund with you because I spent time with him he has three daughters who are also trailblazing uh, entrepreneurs and scientists and it's amazing you know and it takes people like Rick Kane who's raising strong women but Mm. also supporting strong yes. women yes. Yes. and uh what we uh in my position right now I'm not just investing in women or or minority or I'm investing in diversity yeah because this will bring the best innovation and the best returns and there's studies I'm not like saying from my mind like there are studies that show that wo- woman led companies or companies that have executive presentation there is higher returns to the shareholders absolutely so 
it is like based on science. So what I it want, really is. I increase my chances of a higher return, right? Yeah, exactly. Is it this something that everyone wants when they're making an investment? Well, and if I'm going to invest in a company on Wall Street, you know, women-led companies on average show returns of 30% plus over their male exactly. counterpoints. So why aren't we doing that? You know, why aren't yeah. we advocating that more? Why aren't we championing this all the time? But, yeah. it, you know, we need we need those advocates out there to support us. And sometimes it's men who who advocate for women and they'll listen. Um, but, but women, there are women and another factor that I've been, uh, there was a study, I, I think it's a Harvard business review mm-hmm. that uh, shows that only 12% of decision makers in the overall investment community are women. Wow. And there was a big study that was conducted. Uh, I think it was in Australia or Canada, or not in the U S but it's another um, uh, country where there's significant entrepreneurship and they did interviews for a large number of uh, they watched presentation of entrepreneurs of both uh, women and men that uh, are presenting to these VCs and they found out that women get different questions than men really men get questions about gains uh-huh women get questions about risks Oh, interesting. And they also continued this study and showed that entrepreneurs that get questions about gain, I think they get three times more funding than entrepreneurs that get questions about losses or risks. Wow. So there's always all like bias in the investment in decision making, like, and you know that should I, now that I'm in the investment you know community this is something I'm working towards like we yeah. need equitable process as we're evaluating technologies you need good team resilient entrepreneurs innovation and technologies that can change people's lives and if you uh-huh. just look and honestly like as I'm as I'm look as we as we go through our due diligence check less which is long I'm finding that more women fit like I don't want to like now I'm, I'm being like uh, creating bias on the other side but I think because now women have to show more mm-hmm. to get funding they're typically more prepared uh, yeah. yeah so it, it, because there is an entrant like there's bias already in the process I think women are uh, preparing themselves for these type of you know uh, fundraising in a very different perspective because of their experiences So do you find, and this is a study that I had read about, but I have found, um, or there was a study that showed women typically ask for less money than what they need and from a bank and from an investor. So they will typically go in with the minimum amount that they need, whereas a a man going in asking a bank or an investor for, for money will typically ask for more than what they need. And so there's a real, um, imbalance of, who is getting how much money because women won't ask for as much because they want to be very careful and conservative, whereas men will be a little bit more, you know, kind of, you know, big picture. I want all of this money. And so they'll, they'll typically walk away with more money invested in their companies as well. I I think, I think there's, I think you're right. Uh, I, what I found is uh, budgets 
Mm -hmm. financial uh, projections and cash runways are mo more thought through in women-led companies. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, and, uh, but as part of being an investor with an entrepreneurial background, I give feedback on these things. That's part of what we, we do at Propel. It's really helped them understand that there's risk. You need to build margins. I haven't mm -hmm. thought about it in this lens, but I think, you know, just going through quickly the large number of companies, I think there's some truth. And yeah. In um, but based on, a, a, I want to share with you, there's also external bias, I think, mm -hmm. but it's an end of one. When I was in the process of uh, planning to take a theater public, uh, there was a couple of groups, investors and bankers that sent me examples of women-led companies for okay. IPOs. Hmm. Uh, and you're right, there were smaller IPOs, smaller fundraisers. Like, yeah, but that's a very different company. I need way more money. Right. I am not using you as a banker. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And, uh, you know, I, I ended up having JP Morgan. I had Goldman Sachs. Uh, wow. Jeffrey, like the the top Jeffrey Stiefel. I, I decided on Goldman Sachs, Jeffreys, and and Stiefel and JMP, um, because they're the the bankers that I was working with. They had more diversity, first of all, in the groups, but also they didn't yeah. have any type of like they said, like, "How much do you need?" But like they, they were aligned with me, um, and uh, I remember the, one of the Goldman Sachs uh, bankers who had like over 20 years experience in the life science industry. He said, your crossover round is the best round that I've seen. The type of investors in the round are the best that I've seen wow. in my whole career. Of wow. course, also like the, the, because again, I was a woman, I experienced that we, we, we get asked a lot of questions. So we had like super preparedness. Uh, mm -hmm. I've, I've always told the team that we need to, it's, 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 it's maybe it's silly right now, but I told them we need to know about our space more than anyone else. I don't yeah. want to be in a place where I'm being asked a question that I'm embarrassed that someone else knows more than we're mm -hmm. going to do the research. We're going to do the work. Yeah. Uh, and we're going to, if, if, if groups go two feet down the ground, we're going to go a hundred. Uh, mm -hmm. I, and that's another thing. I don't know if it's women, but it was like me and the, you know, I call them the core Athera team. We high standards, high quality patients first, uh, then games, then you raise the best crossover round and you get. Goldman Sachs, JP Morgan fighting to take you public. Good. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. I love that. I love it. Uh, so ah, there's like a million questions I have for you, which is crazy. Um, I am just so proud of you. I am I'm so grateful for women like you in our world because you are you're setting the standard, you're setting the example. And I'm just so, so incredibly thankful that you have put yourself out there in this way. And uh, I really appreciate what you're doing. Uh, I listen to your podcast. I think it's amazing. Yeah. Thank you. And, Thank you. Uh, yeah, I wanted to say something uh, at the end is we are part of the change. I don't mm -hmm. know if you have daughters. I have a daughter. She is my biggest inspiration. I want her to be the first person to do something, not the first woman. Oh, I love it. Uh, I love it. Uh, 
let's keep up the good work and on our success on our challenges and keep moving forward and change Well, and I, I, I a hundred percent am with you and I have a son and, you know, one of my proudest moments ever in my life was, you know, uh, last year he had to do a presentation on his favorite CEO and, you know, his dad also owns a company. Of course, there's all these incredible CEOs out there in the world. Elon Musk, you know, was, was one of his top choices. We talk about him all the time and the innovation and, you know, we're, we're really big on innovation in our house. We talk about it all the time. We talk about business all the time. He started his first business at 13 years old. And, oh, wow. But when he did his presentation for his business class last year, his he did a presentation on his mom. So of all the CEOs in the world he could have chosen, he chose his mom. So I thought that was well, pretty that, cool. That, that's exactly it. Like, this is a very important mm-hmm. point. We are the role models. There's yeah. way more like white men that are in executive. So it's easier for a, a young uh boy to see himself in executive positions right mm-hmm. but the more people that we have like you like me like others that I'm able to meet amazing there is a lot of amazing CEOs out there that yeah whether they're men or women they have the same exact mindset as your son mm-hmm. they don't see gender they they see talent yeah and uh yeah, let's make it happen. Yes. This is my mission. This is one of, <laughs> one of my missions. <laughs> Me too. So I got to ask, who inspires you? Oh, that's a long question. We need another <laughs> podcast. <laughs> there's a lot of people that inspires me. Uh, yeah. Yeah, there's uh, my daughter is mm. one of the most brave people I know. She, we go out. Now that we are in uh, Los Angeles, we can sit outside and have a meal outside. Yeah, uh, we, we were in Seattle, so it was raining most of the year. <laughs> right. uh, she sings. Oh, and, that's like, awesome. And it's the confidence. Yes. Uh, one time I was working and she came. She's like, Mama, I want you. I want you for something. I said, can you give me five minutes? And I, it took more than five minutes. She's four and a half just to put things in perspective. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I go to her, okay, now I'm ready. And she's like, Mama, you're you were late and I'm <laughs> I am disappointed. Like, Good for you. Yes, advocate for yourself. Yes, yes. I love that. <laughs> and so she's one of my biggest inspiration. My mother was one of my biggest, continues to be one of my biggest inspiration. I'm from Jordan, a Middle Eastern con- yeah. country. She had, you know, in an in an era and a place where there's very, very few women that are in leadership position. She was there. She was the role model for me and my sisters who uh, also inspire me, both of them. Yes. Uh, they're both PhDs. They followed their passion. Um, and they are both, we're very different, but very mm-hmm. similar at the same time. I think because we... We had similar impacts. One of my sister is really trying to make a difference for, again, woman leadership, but in a different way through her work around uh, technology that is inclusive uh, and enabling. Uh, And my other sister, she is a PhD in math, very few women in that area. Uh, And she's also, she left a very comfortable, high paying job yeah, coffee job to go into the entrepreneurial journey, which takes, yeah. a, lot of takes a lot, takes a lot uh, of bravery. Yes. Um, and then if I can mention a dear, dear friend. Yes, uh, of course. 
Latifa. Uh, she also has a daughter. Mm -hmm. And uh, just to highlight how strong women are. And her daughter was uh, diagnosed with Wilms tumor. Oh, so and uh, she is uh, she's a daughter after 16 years. And what I loved about the strength that Latifa showed everyone. Mm -hmm. She was there for her family. She was there for her daughter. Mm -hmm. Her daughter now is cancer-free. Wow. Uh, but the amount of research, organization, a lot of work. This is a very overwhelming process. Yeah. Uh, and uh, she brought her daughter to life. Uh, she gave life twice to her daughter. Wow. So, wow. And, um, she inspires me with her strength. Yeah. And uh, she is, she was with there for me. Yeah. Wow. And she was going through all of this. And uh, I appreciate that she teaches me every day to be authentic, true to myself, to my origin, mm. and uh, to have strength. Right. Wow. And I don't want to forget my husband because he always yes. mentioned me, but he is. <laughs> yeah. Yes. He's an amazing partner, father. Uh, who always have these like wise uh, comments that he makes. Uh, yeah. That also makes me a better leader, better human being. Uh, yeah. And the U.S. inspires me. I uh, love this country. If I'm not clear, yes, I love yes. the country. I love, we're going through a lot of divisions right now, but the U.S., it's based on hardworking people Yeah, uh, that are, looking to create a better world so i love yeah. you that's another the whole country is fine. <laughs> across thank all you the <laughs> i i can appreciate that very much because you're right it is the land of opportunity you know very few places in the world will give you the type of opportunity that the u.s will give you so i think that that's that's very valid it would have been so almost you. impossible to, yeah for someone to contain me <laughs> like <if> that's <laughs> I love it. I love it. So I'm going to ask you a question that, I, you know, and, and to me, I just feel like you're so inspiring and you're so powerful. I find it hard to believe that you would ever give your power away. But tell me as women, I mean, we give our power away all the time, right? We give credit to people who, you know, we should take that credit or we, you know, we walk away when somebody criticizes us or puts us down. So can you tell me about a time that you gave your power away and then another time that you stepped into your power? Um, yeah, I mean, of course, like just to be, you have to navigate the biases, right? You right. Just, uh, and this strength didn't come overnight, right? I went yeah. through a lot of experiences mm -hmm. that gave me a lot of confidence, yeah. if that makes sense. Um, yeah, I mean, when I was at theater, a lot of the time I would come up with something and then I would be like, oh, like, good job like I would give it to another just because I wanted to focus on the team and you know mm. and all of that with the board of directors I would like praise someone on the, you know on the team although you know it's my work it doesn't uh really impact anyone uh, as I during a, a moment in uh Ethereum, as I was considering to build the management team um, I remember Tachi Yamada, he's a dear, very dear mentor. He passed away mm -hmm. last year, which was a very big loss to everyone. 
I remember going into his office and asking him, hey, Tachi, do you think I'm the right CEO for Ethereum? Mm-hmm. Or do wow. we need someone else? He's like, I don't know. I need to think about it. Uh, after a few weeks, he said, Lean, you are the CEO. I'm confident right. that you are the right CEO. But we live, unfortunately, in a time where there is, you know, a bias against women. Mm-hmm. So we need to address that. Yeah. I have that relationship that we can have this conversation. I yeah. didn't, you know, and at that point, you know, I've been raising money for a while. And he said, uh, I can't be with you in all of the meetings. You know, he was older. He's yeah. much. He's trying to spend more time with his family. He's like, I can be with you with some of the meetings, but you need a person with specific characteristics to, I don't want to mention it. Like, it's very clear, I think, that would be with you in the meeting yeah. just to create that connection and closeness to, to the investors. investors. Since they're mostly you know, coming from a specific background. Right. And, you know, I hired for specific, which is was very different than any other hires I've done. Uh, but now I learned that, no, I'm never going to carry uh, weight. I'm never going to hire yeah. someone that I'm going to end up doing their job. Yeah. You know, I'm propel. I learned so much. But again, it's a learning opportunity. I'm not yeah. taking it as a negative thing. I was like, Oh my God, if I didn't go through this, I wouldn't be the person that I am today. Yes. That I only hire for talent. Right. I'm not gonna, I mean, Tachi came from a very, very good place. And I know he was, without him, you know, I think it's, uh, he gave me a lot of advice, a lot of wisdom. We had very like open conversations. He also has a very strong daughter that he always talked about. Um, And but I did that. I don't know if it's a bad thing. Looking back, it's not. I don't regret it, to be honest, because sure. it helps me. Um, but now I don't need it. That's the yes, thing. Yes, that's now, stepping back in your power. It's not. I don't need it. Uh, I remember telling telling Richard Kane, Rick Kane. He told me he was introducing me as we were starting Propel, different people, and there was this person that he kept insisting on me talking. Too. I was like, give me the agenda. What do you want me to do with this person? Like, I don't know. I talked to him, but I'm not sure what you want me to. He's like, maybe we can find a way to have him work with us. Huh. And I was like, no. <laughs> no more hiring a person yeah. and carrying dead weight. Yeah. I said, if you want to hire him and manage him, go ahead. I am not. Right, right. Uh, and if you have any other, like, I, I talked to him a few times. He's not the right fit. And yeah. he's not going to be the person that is going to, even starting a fund. If it is starting a fund, it's a lot of work. Yeah. And I need someone that has the experience. And Tenacity. I have amazing advisors. I have, yeah. I have amazing advisors. And I, like, can't pick them based mm. on, okay, these people, I worked with them for a while. I know they're going to do the work. They right. have the experience and they're going to be engaged. It's not, and no longer using names or pictures for anything. Yeah. So that was like a moment where, and I was like, what is it? Rick going to like feel uncomfortable? He's like, sounds good. Yeah. We're going to bring it up again. Thank you. <laughs> wow. 
Awesome. <laughs> awesome. All right. So one last question. What do you wish more people knew? About me or about just about yeah. life, about life. What do you wish more people knew? I don't know if I wish more people knew. I wish more people acknowledge that in our differences, we yeah. are stronger. We yeah. are stronger. Uh, and that at the end of the day, regardless what you do, regardless where you are in life, regardless of your past or future, we are all humans. Yes. We are, our basic needs are similar. And I've had a lot of people who showed me ki kindness, mm -hmm. support, and this is way more important than anything else. Mm -hmm. And uh, the second part for entrepreneurs out there that are raising money, since now I'm on the investor investor side, and I was on the entrepreneur side. When investors say no, know that it's most of the time not about you or about your technology it's just not the right time yeah try to use it as an opportunity to take advice from people who see a lot of companies to improve your product and improve your company and propel forward oh, i love it yes thank you thank you thank you i'm so excited this has been such a great conversation i think we're gonna have to do a follow-up to this because there's, I, I still have like a hundred more questions. <laughs> I just could talk to you forever. So thank you so much, Lean. Uh, you have just been an amazing guest and I'm so grateful for you, for your tenacity, for your, your, your drive. I'm just so grateful. So thank you. I'm grateful for everything you do as well. Uh, uh, so, uh, thank you so much, Angela. I really enjoyed this. Yes, me too. So thank you guys for joining us on another episode of Pretty Powerful Podcast. You can learn all about Lean if you go to prettypowerfulpodcast.com. You can check out her links and I uh, highly encourage you to do so. She's an amazing woman to follow. So thank you, Lean, again for your time today. And I hope everyone has an amazing day. Thank you for joining our guests on the Pretty Powerful Podcast. And we hope you've gained new insight and learned from exceptional women. Remember to subscribe or check out this and all episodes on prettypowerfulpodcast.com. Visit us next time. And until then, step into your own power.